Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. We are going to read from Deuteronomy, the 29th chapter. Deuteronomy, the 29th chapter, is the text of our conversation today. The words in here are a covenant that the Lord is commanding through Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab. And that covenant is besides the covenant he made with them in Horeb. It's abutting to the covenant that he made with them. It's in tandem, it's related, it's connected to the covenant he made with them in Horeb. So if you go read the covenant he made with them in Horeb, and then you see this continuation with them in the land of Moab. It's not far from that. He's emphasizing something very fundamental. And for God to continue to establish something, even after he has already said it and, you know, written a covenant with you, and then you see him insisting, even while you're still on that journey, it's important for us to understand the emphasis of God and respect it. So we see God speaking through Moses to the children of Israel will begin from the second verse. Uh, the Lord called unto all Israel and said unto them through Moses, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt and Pharaoh. You have seen it all. We who read the Bible know what happened in Egypt. God sent plagues. He sent a prophet Moses to deliver the children of Israel from the hand of the Egyptian. The Egyptian had taken the Israelite for slavery. And so God, with amazing power, went by the hand of Moses and did great miracles, sent plagues and many things until Pharaoh lets the children of God go. And as they're crossing through the Red Sea, the scripture tells us that the Egyptians had pursued them and these ones passed through. God parted the seas. They passed through and the children of Israel, after passing, the Egyptians are going through the sand and they're all white, sunken and they die. So it was a great, great deliverance, a big center terror across all the kingdoms in that time to tell them that the Jew had a great relationship with God. So Moses is reminding them, he's telling them, you've seen all the Lord did in your eyes in the land of Egypt and to Pharaoh and all his servants and to all his land. The great temptations, he says, which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles. You've seen signs, you've seen great miracles, your eyes have seen things. Yet, the Bible says, the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear and to this day. And he tells them, I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxen old upon you and thy shoe is not waxed old upon thy feet. Yet ye have not eaten bread, neither have ye drunk wine or strong drink. 
that ye might know that I'm the Lord your God. He's saying, I've led you through the 40 years of the wilderness. Your clothes are not growing old. Besides the miracle of the plagues that you saw in Egypt, besides the parting of the seas, your clothes have not grown old. Your shoes have not waxed old on your foot. A man would step his shoe and God would make sure that that shoe is not worn out. You've not eaten the bread and drank the wine when he says you've not eaten bread or drunk wine, he's telling him you've not planted anything as of to reap and eat of the work of your own hands. I've fed you with manna. He says that you might know that I'm the Lord your God. He says, and when you came into this place, Shihon, the king of Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, they came out against us unto battle, and we smote them. We took their land and gave it to the inheritance of the Reubenites and the Gadites and half the tribe of Manasseh. In verses 9, he says, Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. You stand this day, all of you, before the Lord your God, the captains of your tribes, your elders, your officers, with all the men of Israel. When you study the statement there, you stand this day all the day before the Lord your God. He's saying you are dwelling in the presence of God. The 40 years of walking with you, God walking with you, was a very distinctive mark of God's presence. Up to this day, his presence has not departed from you. He says, your little ones, your wives, your strangers in your camps, from hewer of thy wood and to the drawer of thy water, that thou should enter into the covenant with the Lord and into this earth which the Lord thy God maketh with thee, that he may establish thee today for a people unto himself, and that he may be unto thee a God, as he has said unto thee, as he has sworn unto thy fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Neither with you only do I make this covenant and oath, but with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us today. I'm making a covenant with you who are here now, but I'm also making a covenant with somebody who is not here now? That means that the covenant God is making with the children of Israel through Moses was not only for those that were present, it was also for their children and their children's children. God can make a covenant without you, but with you. Somebody shout hallelujah. So some of you must appreciate, especially those of you are parents or are going to become parents, that there are things that God is establishing in your life and they're not for you alone. They're for your children. But let me begin from up here. To give us, you know, a context of God's conversation with the children of Israel through Moses. They saw all manner of miracles. They saw all manner of wonders. They saw all manner of signs. They saw every kind of power displayed. But the Bible says that they have no understanding heart. The Lord has not given them a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear. And to this day. Now, as I've always explained, that in the Hebrew language, permissive and causative clauses are confusing. In other words, when you read the Lord has not given them a heart to perceive, you might say it's God who denied them the heart to perceive or understand. But when you understand how the Hebrew language works, it does not have permissive clauses. It has causative clauses. And so some causative clauses appear like they're permissive, right? So in other words, God is not really the one which denied the children of Israel the heart to perceive or understand because the Bible says that I have no joy than my children walking in truth. You see, he wills that all men be saved and that they might come to the knowledge of the truth. So he's not the God who will hold that back, but it will translate as the Lord allowed 
them not to have an understanding heart, not to see with eyes, not to hear with their ears up to this day. Why would he allow them? It means that there is a lust within their hearts that has committed against the ways of God. And because God is not against personal will, he's not against willpower, he would I want to force you to love him, and I want to force you to serve him, he's not a forceful God. You say, okay, if you want to pursue that line, I will let you. So he let them, you know, from understanding him. He just let them. Why? Because it was supposed to be a place of invitation and relationship. It was not supposed to be a place of imposing himself and forcing his way on them. So if you refuse, it's like somebody saying, you know, I love you. And then you refuse to love them back. And they say, okay, if you don't love me, it is well, I will let you be. You see? So there was a necessity for the children of Israel to walk with an understanding heart, to see with their eyes and to hear with their ears, but they were not able. So the eyes are blind, the ears are deaf and their hearts are dead. They have no understanding, no perception. After everything that they have seen with God up to this day, oh, so what aren't their eyes seeing? What aren't their ears hearing? What aren't their hearts perceiving? They're seeing miracles. They appreciate the power of God. But God is saying their hearts don't perceive. They don't have the certain understanding. In other words, as the miracles, signs and wonders are happening with the children of Israel, your clothes are not growing old. God is telling them, do you understand why your clothes are not growing old? As he's parting the Red Sea for the children of Israel to go through, God is saying, do you understand why I parted that sea and how I did it? When you see me feed you with manna, you don't dig with your own hands. I'm providing for you all of those 38 years in 240. Do your ears hear what I'm trying to say? Because it's possible to see the power of God and never understand. It's possible to see the ways of God before you and never perceive, never see, never hear what he is telling you. Years ago, I made a statement and I said, I have walked a journey that has come to the realization of certain things as I mature. And one of the biggest lessons that I have learned with men is that miracles don't change men. Not every man who has seen a miracle is transformed. Not every man who sees a wonder is transformed. Somebody can even see God raise a dead man and still tomorrow turn against that same power and heart. See, the children of Israel saw it. God did numerous miracles but they did not understand. Their eyes could not see. Their ears could not hear. One time, a lady came to me once and she was dating a Muslim man and she was a Christian, she was born again. And uh, so she wanted to settle down and marry this man. And I told her, but you see, biblically, it's not right. I'm sorry, it's not right. Like Muslims also usually have challenges you know, marrying people of other faiths, or at least they have to convert you first. So I told her, but biblically here, it's not right. You cannot yoke with an unbeliever. So she said, oh, but you know, I love him. I love him. He's a good guy. And then she gives me all these stories about this wonderful man. And then I said, okay, maybe you think that I'm just imposing myself on you. Is it something that we can pray about? And then she makes this mistake. She says, if God appears to me and tells me that that is not my man, I'll leave him because me, I think 
even though he's Muslim, I'm going to get married to him and he'll get born again. Yeah? You know those ones who marry and then convert. Yeah? They believe in marrying and then you convert them. So I said, okay, you've asked a small thing and God loves you enough to do it. We hold our hands and I said, Father, will you send help? Anybody to come and minister to this woman? Appear, Jesus, I don't care who or an angel, but let her get the ministry that she requires because probably from wherever she is, she needs it. If it doesn't come, then she didn't need it. I didn't know how, you know, immature she was. Anyway, she tells me that night, actually, it was about 2, 3 a.m., I think, a bright light appears in her house and then she wakes up and screams and behold, an angel is on her bed, she said. And he points at her and tells her, you asked that God give you a sign. That man is not your man. And then she screamed and fell and wept for hours, she said. 6 a.m. She was at our gate. 6 a.m. During that time, I was still living home. She was at my father's gate. 6 a.m. Boop, 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 boop. Who is that knocking? And then she comes on the gate shaking. An angel appeared. An angel appeared. An angel appeared. 6 a.m. My mom is my witness. And I said, so do you need any more sign? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Six months after. Six months, ladies and gentlemen, after that vision, she was back in that house. I met her later, said, I hear you. Yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm not God. Don't apologize to me. She married the man. Yeah, she married the man. So it's not enough for somebody to say that because they've seen the power of God, they've seen the works of God, it's enough for them to be converted. Uh -uh. It takes a certain understanding as a man beholds the miracle. It takes a certain vision as a man beholds the miracle. It takes a certain revelation as a man beholds the miracle. Somebody shout hallelujah. But you see, I love what he has said in the ninth verse. He says that you may prosper in all that you do. I need to make this covenant with you. The covenant that God wants to make with the children of Israel through Moses is to get them to a place where they will have a certain understanding in the things God does, a certain vision in the things God does, a certain hearing a certain voice to hear a certain voice behind what god is doing he's trying to build a covenant with you and he says if you can get this if we can reconcile your understanding to the things i'm doing if i can give you a vision if you can have a clear vision to conceive in the things that i do if you can hear my voice in the miracles that i do in your way he says you shall be prosperous you shall be prosperous isaiah the first chapter the third verse the Bible says, the ox knoweth his owner and the ass his master's grip, but Israel does not know. He says, my people do not consider. My people do not consider. That thing is so deep. But he says, the ox knoweth his owner and the ass 
his master scribe, but Israel does not know. He says, my people do not consider. The literal word there for considering is understand. My people have no understanding. And because they have no understanding, even if I do as many miracles in their presence, they don't understand me. Even if I communicate as far as I can, they don't understand. They do not consider. They cannot comprehend. They cannot come to a certain recognition of my work and purpose concerning their lives. So you ask yourself the question, do you have the understanding of everything God has done in your life? Do you have the understanding of why God gave you that marriage? Do you have the vision of why God called you in that ministry? Have you had the voice behind the voice speaking to you and through you in your life, in your ministry, in your career, in your business? Because if you carry no understanding, no matter how much God has given you, you will not live a prosperous life. He says that you may prosper. And in fact, if you will read the literal word there, verb used in the place that you may prosper in all that you do, it means primarily the place where a man considers to understand. A man attends to the wisdom that God has given. It's the place of divine intelligence, you know, a certain awareness in the spirit, a certain prudence, a certain wisdom in the spirit. So ask to have success. So this is the success of the wise. It's the prosperity of the prudent. It's the wisdom of the just. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, when you see a miracle, a wonder in your life, God says, do you have the wisdom? Do you understand the wisdom behind this? Do you understand? You've got to be wise in the things that I do. You've got to be prudent in the things that I give you. You must learn to act wisely in the things that I propel to your direction. Because if you don't do this, you will not be prosperous. You will not have success in your lives. Prosperity comes to men and women who carry a wisdom and a certain understanding, a certain vision or revelation in the things God does in their lives. They read behind the lines they hear behind the voice spoken when you do god says you shall be prosperous some people say oh i want to be prosperous supposed to pray for me i want to be prosperous some things like i said do not exist in the prayer realm because somebody can come and tell me oh apostle pray for me and i'll be prosperous and i cannot say god make them prosperous for some i can lay a hand and say god give her understanding and she might even got offended why is he asking god to give me understanding yet i've asked for prosperity because i know in my heart that what is prosperity without understanding? These things are so deep. These things that I'm speaking are so deep. Not many people are able to understand them. The people who have lived in salvation, walked in salvation 10, 20, 30 years, but not many people are able to understand what I'm saying now. Or some assume that they do, but many people understand it in a blindness. They understand it in a deafness. They understand it but with a hardened heart, that's not understanding. That's not the full understanding. That's why people are not prosperous. People are not successful. What is success? What is prosperity? Not to touch only, but to change the lives of as many people as you can change. That's prosperity. That's success. Some people touch lives, but they don't change them. I'm talking about a place where you do not only touch a life, but you change it. That's prosperity. That's success. It's not about having many cars. 
It's not about having big houses. It's not about making so much wealth. I have people who have a lot of wealth, but it's useless. It's useless. It's useless. It's not useful. I read an article last night of a wildly musician whose birthday was a while ago. And then to celebrate himself, he bought a $5 million watch. $5 million watch. You see? And I said to myself, wow, there are 42 million people. I think right now UN has told us about 42 million people who are starving, starved, totally, totally starving because they don't have food on their table. 42 million people in the world because of COVID. They don't have food at all. Kids are fainting in some parts of Sudan because they don't have a meal. And there's somebody in the same face of the earth spending $5 million on a wristwatch to blur on something. That's not success. That's not success. That's not success. They tell you the world's billionaires have become richer. And more people have become billionaires in what? In COVID. In COVID. You find one man in the world and he has enough money for the economy of a whole nation. One man. One man. If you look at the wealth of Jeff Bezos, the richest man right now in the world, how many times is he richer than Uganda? Can you count? Can you look at our annual... GDP expenses are yeah. Four, five times, six. One man like this. It's probably four, five times richer than our nation. Uganda. One man. You see what I'm saying? But it's not just success for him to have that wealth. It is success if with that wealth, he can change the lives of the millions of people across the world. That is success. That is prosperity. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, God is giving us the key to prosperity. He's giving us the key to success. That if you learn to do these things, the world is going to be so kind to you. The things of the earth are going to advantage you. The wealth of the earth is going to pour to your direction. The attention of men is going to turn to your light. Kings, presidents, the most influential people in the world will turn to you as their influence. He's saying, if you get to a place where you can have understanding in the things God does, where you can ask the questions of vision and revelation behind what God is doing in your life, where you can have ears enough to hear what God is saying behind what he does, that's the beginning of your success. That's the beginning of your influence. That's the brightening of your star. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's not just about the things that God reveals to us. Oh, I got a revelation. I got a vision. It's even beyond just what you see, what you have seen. I've always told people that when it comes to revelation, visions, the end of all revelation is not just to amuse men with discourse. It's not just a place where we can subject men to all sorts of speculation and show them that we know God and that we understand you know, God, and that we hear God. No, it's beyond that. There is a voice behind the revelation. There is a vision behind the revelation. There is an understanding behind the revelation. 
that God gives. And if you can get a hold of that and be able to translate it to a man in a figure, sometimes not sometimes in the speech that God has given you. Paul says, I have in a figure transferred these things to Apollos. There are some things we might never be able to explain to you by language. If we try to give language, it will not suffice enough to give you that understanding. But when we are able to transfer those things either through prayer or whichever way or whatever means or as we are speaking, there is a voice behind my voice explaining and expressing deeper convictions in your spirit. Transformation starts to happen. You start to see you're getting these wonderful jobs. You start to see you're getting married every weekend and some of you say, oh, yeah, I had to get married. No, there are people who want and had to get married, but they're not married. Some's dead. Are you hearing me? So some of you, I saw you were students. You came to this ministry with nothing. Old shoes and little bags and God has made you wealthy. You drive cars, you're building houses, you're buying lands and properties. You're getting married every weekend. We're waiting off people. You're having children and you're raising them before us. We're seeing God transform you. God is promoting you at your workplaces. Doors are opening for you in nations. Things are happening around you that are defining the prosperity that the world understands as prosperity. But do you understand why God is doing it? Do you understand why you got that job? Do you understand why you got that wife? Do you understand why you have that man? Do you understand why you conceived? There are women right now believing God to conceive, but do you understand why you conceived? Do you understand why you're the one raising that child? Do you have a vision of why you are at that job? Do you have an interpretation of the things that are happening around you and why they're happening around you? Do you understand why you serve God? Do you know, do you have a vision of why you're on that camera, you're on that computer, you're on that piano do you know why you're the one arranging these chairs or do you know why you're the one sending a link on youtube do you have a revelation of why you're on facebook telling men to tune in do you know why you go on the streets do you know why you mobilize in your mobilizations and the manifests do you know why you travel some of you to and fro do you know why do you have the vision and understanding of why you're doing the things that you're doing as god works before you a man prophesies on the life of Jesus Christ, the prophet Simeon. God had told him that he will not die until he sees the salvation of Israel. And then he sees this boy and then he prophesies on him. And as he does, the Bible says, people were amazed. They wondered, you know, because of the words that were spoken about Jesus. And the scriptures tell us that Mary kept these things in her heart. I wish the scriptures had said, but Mary and a few people. But Mary and Joseph. But Mary and the priest that was in that temple. But the Bible says, but Mary alone kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. That means she understood. She had a vision of what they were saying about her boy. She heard a voice behind the voice of what the prophet Simeon was speaking. And no wonder that woman is responsible for the first miracle in the Bible. No wonder she is responsible for a miracle that happened outside God's timing. Jesus had not planned to do a miracle that day. That is why when she tells him that they're out of wine, he asks her, what has that got to do with me? 
And he tells a woman, don't you know that my hour is not yet come? My hour, my hour, according to the plan of heaven, it was not yet time for us to do a miracle. It's not yet the season for me to start doing miracles. But she just turned to the servants after he has spoken and said, whatever he tells you to do, do. I know what's in him. I understand him. Somebody shout hallelujah. I understand my boy. You see a woman in history who pulled a miracle out of God before his time. And God is saying, I honor your place of understanding, vision, and perception to provoke me to work beyond even my own plan and timing to work. Who understood that? Who really understood that? Who has understood that? Who has understood what I just said? That even if I had planned to take you today, and it's in plan to take you to heaven today, there are things in understanding you can do. There are things by vision you can do and revelation. There are things by a certain voice you can conceive in your spirit and say, I'm not ready to go and I will let you be. If a man turned to a wall and said, I know it's my time. I know it's my time to go. A man turned to the wall and say, it's my time to go. I know it. But look back, look back. I'm not done with certain things. And the scripture says, as the prophet had reached the middle of the temple, he goes back in the middle of the courts. He goes back. God tells him, Shh, stop, go back. The man has asked for more time. Go back now. The man has asked for more time. The man has asked for more time time my people do not consider god says my people don't understand and the same prophet comes back to the man and said he has given you 15 years what if the man had said they are not enough because if he could change god's plan do you think he would not change it again you see that is why i want to speak to mature people because there are people i feel even though they're hearing this they cannot understand the power of this they cannot understand the intensity you see one time i was meditating on the scripture that life and immortality have been brought to light through christ when we understand the man jesus life and immortality have been brought to light that means before that they were veiled they were in a dark place of the mysterious and now the person their manifestation the appearing of our lord and savior jesus christ not only abolished death but he has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel when you read the gospel god has unveiled a mystery behind light behind life he has unveiled a mystery behind living forever he has showed us that you don't need to die he has showed us the power of the light that is available for us there the immortality the power not to die That if you should go physically, you even should know how to continue your ministry when you're not in the body. These things are so deep. Because I'm talking to somebody who's just believing God for a job. I'm talking to somebody who's just believing God for a husband or a child. Listen, get from that level. Get from that level. I'm talking about having effect. You see, I told you this years ago that the day I go to heaven, if Christ is not yet back, my ministry is going to stay until Christ returns. I know it. I know it because I know what he told me. I have the understanding of what I'm saying. You know those things where somebody sings a song, ah, it's an old song, you can't sing it. 
How come in 2021 you're still singing Amazing Grace? And there are musicians' songs that are rotting on shelves. But Amazing Grace is still alive. Why? Because a man connected to immortality. He connected to the light that makes things immortal. He connected to the light that makes men immortal. He connected to the light that makes eons immortal, creates immortal eons. Ages, periods in time appointed. No, no, I'm not talking to the man who is believing God to get money to finish his house. I'm not talking to that man. I wish we know what Jesus brought for us. I wish some of us get to the full understanding of what this man gave us, what he gives us. Perando zibadeko pradeleko shira maradele barata. That you will behold the heart of the Father. That you will see his will or purpose concerning you. How big and great beyond language. Beyond language. Beyond language. God has so big plans for you. So big plans for you. They're so big. They're so big. They're so big. There's no language. Even in what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to provoke your mental faculty because language is limited. In fact, your human language is your limitation. That is why no language can suffice for us in prayer except the language that only the Holy Spirit can give utterance. The Bible says they spoke in tongues even as the spirit of them, of God, gave them utterance. How can you tell me that in 2021, tongues are obsolete? They are abolished. They are illegal. By what law? How could we ever express ourselves beyond the language that my mother gave me, my father gave me? Because it's limited. It was limited to a certain boundary. It was limited to a certain people. This thing God has given us is universal. It's for the whole world. It's beyond the world. Somebody shout hallelujah. The mystery God has given the church is bigger than what earth can contain. It's bigger than what earth can contain. That is why when you start seeing things from up here, the Bible says in the book of Revelations, come up thither. When you start seeing things from up here, you cannot be in the realm of believing God for provision. You can't. You can't. Elon Musk got an idea in his head. He asked himself a question. If the earth was to dissolve by some sort of thing, and it's possible, if you got all the weaponry that has been made by man and let it explode, this earth would go to nothing. The nuclear warhead that people are keeping in the ground, in bunkers, underwater, in the sky, and just let it explode on the earth, perhaps would not have a home. Then he said, what if this earth was destroyed? Would humanity have a second option? Then he said, hmm, let me start building machines that can take us to Mars 
But more than that, let's see how we can create life on another planet. That's where he's thinking from. So people are walking this world. They're from a cafe with their friends. They're reconciling old stories of how they enjoyed their school. There's a woman who's walking back home from school with her daughter. There's a man who is in a bar drinking and smoking with his old friend. They're catching up. There's a young man who stayed back in the bank to work because he has a lot of backlog. There's a woman sending an email to her daughter overseas. There's a young man who is planning to go fishing. There's somebody in the field and they don't have a clue that there is a man thinking for all of them. He's thinking for all of them. And he's making a decision. He's thinking, he's planning things that are going to change the whole of humanity like we know it. And they are walking this earth and they don't have a clue. And majority of the people in the world are in that group that has no clue about what's happening in the world. They don't have a clue. They're still in little small battles. This one is a thief. This one lied to me. This one took away my money. That guy, he has snakes in his house. They're still in those little small conversations. And there are people planning for them and they don't even know whether he'll be successful or not. Something must have aligned with the universe to make him the richest man in the world. That means there is a force somewhere that is not seen but is funding that mind as of whether it advantages the church or it doesn't that's for those who are wise to find out but there is a power in the world that is funding that mind and somehow it's making that man richer every day he's now like three times richer than the man we knew was the richest in just a short time But there's a pastor in the same world believing God to buy a property. He cannot have enough to buy land for the church. To buy a property for the church. And he's doing everything possible. She's praying every day just to get a property where they can put a church. So why isn't the world responding to such a one? Why is it responding to Elon Musk? Maybe even if that fellow might not be born again, he has a certain understanding. He has a certain eye. He has a certain form of ear. My children, God said, do not consider. What's your part in the world? Why are you here? You see, you know, some people say, ah, oh, we're on TBN, we're on God TV, we're preaching the gospel through the world, we're on television, I don't even know the directors, I have not met many, but every day the gospel is going out. And some people think it's just going out. I have a certain understanding. I have a certain vision. There's things I'm hearing. There's things I'm hearing. And that's the prosperity that we're getting in media every day. And I tell you this, in very few years, we're going to be on almost every international Christian station. I know it. I feel it. I understand it. It's beyond us. You see? I'm making my mark in the world, not only 
touching, but I want to change every life. Let a man hear me and let their life change forever. Let a man say, from the time I started hearing you, my life changed. I'm successful. It will not matter how many houses I had in this world. It will not matter how many cars I drove. It will not matter uh, whether I did this or that, did that. It will not matter my strength and weaknesses, but it will matter that a man's life was changed from that which was inside my spirit. And I'm provoking you all to start thinking that way. Start living beyond that sermon of Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. Start living beyond that job of 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Start living beyond that marriage or children. Start living above that and plan for the world. Dream for men. Somebody shout hallelujah. Dream for men. Dream for people. Start planning for people. And you're going to be amazed at how the world is going to start providing for all that you need. Because there is a law that cannot hold back provision when divine revelation is reconciled with purpose. There's a law that cannot hold back any form of provision. That is why you don't see me fundraising on television. Because I don't worry about God's provision. I know it will come. I know what I'm doing. I know what God called me to do. They will understand it. There's someone who will not understand it. But they will eventually understand it. One day every knee will bow. It might be now, it might be in heaven, but they will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So we go back in Deuteronomy as we're reading that same 29th chapter. Why he says you shall be prosperous. You see, again, the mind now starts to come through Moses. Uh, through Moses in Deuteronomy 29. Now, if you go down to the 29th verse, that's where you read the common scripture. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed, they belong to us and unto our children forever. So you start to see that what God wants to do in you is going to be translated into your children and your children's children and your children's children. But I love that he said forever. The things God is doing doing in me. There are things God is speaking through me. There are things the Spirit of God is praying through me that have changed anybody that will ever come from my loins. Nobody related to me that has come from my loins. If Christ is not yet back and you'll replay this sermon a hundred years to come, two hundred years to come, 300 years to come and they can all trace themselves to me. They will all carry a certain secret with God that began here. That began here. So, you're not just preaching. You're not just worshipping. Ivan, you're not just singing. Somebody will ask you, but how much should they? You see, it's not even about how much they will pay you. They don't understand what you're doing for your children. They will never understand what you're doing for your children's children. Because what we're doing, some of us, let me tell you, some of us, what we are preaching might be fully understood in a hundred years or 50 years or 60 years by the general church. But it is okay. It is okay. Like they'll tell you that Albert Einstein's theory, E equal MC squared, took a hundred years to be fully understood. 
You see what I'm saying? It takes many years to be understood. Many, many years to be understood. When Nikola Tesla, the first guy who brings this whole idea of electricity and how it works with machines, was thinking, he did, nobody knew that Elon Musk would pick it. Nobody knew the power of that man's idea until Elon Musk got in, in contact with it. And now, it has revolutionized cars, so we're using electric cars because one man got a small little idea that might have not been translated fully at that time, but was going to change the world like we know it. You see what I'm saying? So you never know what's coming out of you. You never know the sermons coming out of you. You never know the ideas coming out of you at your workplace. You might never know the worship coming out. You might never know how far. But he says it's for your children and children's children. Can you think beyond that? Can you start thinking? He says, I'm making this covenant with you and for those who are not here. There's something in Moses that connects to me that makes me speak this way. I was not there when God was making that covenant. But it has found me in 2021 in my bed. And as I'm meditating, an angel of the Lord comes and tells me, let's study this thing. Let's understand it. What is he saying? What is he really saying? I have to go back and understand Deuteronomy 29. Not from a book I read, but from the experiences that were given down through a man who one time as the children of Israel were there not all of them who are in that meeting understood that covenant but I understand it in 2021 as I said there are people probably watching me or listening they don't even have a clue what's happening what is he saying I don't understand him he's speaking so fast he's speaking so loud he's connecting many things what is, that does he mean you understand they perceive me differently but there's somebody watching me right now and it's connecting it's connecting Jeremiah 32 Verses 39, if you read the Amplified Version, it says, in that time I'll give them one heart and one way that they may reverently fear me forever for the good of themselves and of their children thereafter. For the good of themselves and their children thereafter. We're doing things that are going to outlive us. That's prosperity. A wise man lives an inheritance for his children and his children's children. When you sat in a meeting where Apostle Grace was praying for the sick, some of you have been in crusades or meetings where a crippled man would put up his can and says, I've been crippled for years. I've been crippled since childhood. I've been crippled since this. And then they walk as you're screaming. Do you understand? Somebody says, oh, I had cancer. And he left as you're screaming, do your eyes see? Somebody says, oh, you know, I was blind in one eye or my eyes or my ears or this child. You remember in Gulu, they brought a child who had never heard in her life. Never heard anything in her life. And as I was praying, was she four or five years? Her ears open. Did you understand it? When you saw it, did you see? Yeah, you saw the miracles like the children of Israel, but did you see what God wanted you to see? Yeah, you saw the parting of the Red Sea like the children of Israel, but did you see what God wanted you to see? Did you understand what God wanted you to understand? When you hear someone, do you understand what God wants you to understand? Do you see? That's why I tell you, if possible, repeat the someone. You have a whole week. 
I usually preach twice a week. Get time and listen to it alone and study it and say, I want to understand everything that this man is teaching. Especially those of you who are submitted to me. Because it's your responsibility to understand everything. So yes, people will see the progress, the prosperity, the things changing in your life, and they will think that they come with that, with that end. They might think that you just came, you know, those who came for children, got them and they left. Those who came for husbands, got them and they left. Or when their supposed husbands married other women, they left. Or when their supposed wives, huh? See, if they came for a girlfriend, they will go after the girlfriend. If they came for a man and they get married, or they don't get that man, they'll leave. If they came for a car, a house, and they got their house, praise God, they got the house. Maybe that's all they came for. Yeah, and it's okay. Not everybody's supposed to be with you forever. And that's all right. Are you hearing me? But why are you here? Why are you listening to me now? Why did you tune in this Sunday? For some random reason, you should be anywhere. But you are putting on this channel. You're listening. Why are you? Why are you? Do you understand? Some of you, it's not at the hand of the men of God. Some of you have had miracles in your personal lives. Personal lives. You can look back and see what God did at the point when you almost failed. You almost sank. You are like the children of Israel at the sea that enemies are pursuing and you cannot swim or walk through because it is so deep. It will overwhelm you. You're holding your children. And God did a miracle and broke you through. And somehow you woke up one day. You are surprised now. Some of you are surprised that you're still alive. But did you understand why God kept you? Do you understand why God preserved you? Do you understand why his hand of mercy and grace saw you through? Do you have the understanding of why he healed you? Why he delivered you? Why he transformed you? A man came to me years ago. And he got a very bad eye disease. And when he got a bad eye disease, the doctors told him that he had a few days to lose his sight totally. And he came showed me the reports, told me the disease he's dealing with. God is amazing. I joined hands with that man and his sight was restored totally. And I told him, God has not restored your sight because he just wanted you to see. I felt it in my spirit. This man had not yet served God as God had told him or called him. So I told him, but if you ever go back to this miracle, you need to remember, always remember that this miracle was done for you because you have not yet fulfilled what God called you to do. As of whether he goes back in the world and does his own business, it's up to him. But I wish he understood that God had given him another chance because those eyes needed to read the Bible. They needed to walk into buildings. They needed to see miracles with his own eyes. A very anointed guy, very anointed guy. I know him very, very anointed, deeply anointed. In fact, I get provoked that I have not seen the work of God in his life like he should. Very anointed fellow. You could see that he was called differently. It was that divergent, polarized kind of anointing. It's different because it's deep. So, when you self-examine, like the children of Israel, the covenant still abides today through Christ. The Holy Spirit has come as the unction for us to know all things. What a glory and blessing. 
for us to understand everything as the Lord has given it to us. But do you see? Do you hear? Does your heart understand? Raise your voice and speak to God. Glory 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 to God. You take me. You mold me. You use me. Feel me. Cause I give my life to the potter's hand. You call me. You guide I give my life to hold at hand. Help me quiet. Come and speak to God. body, receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus. Bone issues are healing, back issues are healing, kidney issues are healing. I rebuke every spirit of affliction of your life. I pray for the barren to receive children in the name of Jesus. Pray for your jobs. May God provide for you. May God amaze and establish you and walk through you than ever before in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Just say, Lord Jesus, I receive you tonight as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died for my sins and was raised for my glory. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 
1-800-242-4291 or email us at funerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.funero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest. Thank you.